What's going on, everyone? It's your girl, Kristen R. Harris, and you are tuned in for another episode of God Put Me Up On Game. Hey, winners, what's going on, guys? Thank you so much for stopping through for another episode of the God Put Me Up On Game podcast. Happy Wednesday. So happy that you are joining me again. You already know I'm grateful. So, so very grateful for your presence and for coming through to the winner circle. Listen, today we have another game changer episode. I know it's been a while since we've had a game changer on, but I'm super excited about today's game changer. This is actually one of my very, very best friends, one of my best sister girls in the whole wide world. I told you guys last week that I was going to bring her on and, you know, I like to stay true to my word. So, I have finally been able to coordinate with my friend. Uh, It's taken us a while to get our schedules together. We literally talk every day, sometimes multiple times a day, but we had to really set aside some time to have this conversation. So we finally have found that sweet moment where we can get together and she can join us on the podcast. So as I mentioned, I did talk about her last week briefly And I think I've talked about her a few episodes ago um, regarding the Ghana trip. So I'm super excited to dive right into this conversation. So without further ado, everyone, please welcome Mrs. Chance Lundy Russell down to the winner circle. Hey, Chance. Hi, Kristen. Um, I'm Kristen on here. Well, you Kristen, you Kristen for the people because I don't know if they know about anything about Chrissy. I got a whole other lot. I have a lot of other names that I can call you too. But so I think yeah, you want yeah. me to stick with Kristen. Well, you well you can call me Chrissy. They know they know that people that know me know me call me Chrissy. Call I tell them Kristen. that all the time. So, but because it it don't even sound right you saying Kristen. So I need this to be natural and for real and flow just the right way. So right. welcome to the winner circle. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you for inviting me to the winner circle and to God put me up on game podcast. Yes, yes, yes. We we bring all the very special people down. Oh, and those of you who are maybe new to the podcast, maybe you don't know what our game changers are, but I periodically bring on people who are doing some extraordinary things, who have endured some extraordinary circumstances, and they come on to share the game that they have learned during their journey. So this is why we do this. I pause every now and then now and again, because you don't need to hear me talking all the time. I want to put you in front of the people that I know, because I know some pretty dope and amazing people. And Chance is definitely one of those people. Thank so you. Chance, tell us a little bit about how dope you are for the winner circle who may not know you. Well, first of all, thank you for calling me dope. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I just feel like I'm a person who God has given a lot of things to. And I'm just trying to share a little piece of that um, if I can with the world. And so in terms of some of the things that I do, I am an engineer, I am an author, and I am a community servant. I feel like that kind of explains me uh, in a bubble. So I'm an engineer, I'm an environmental engineer, I provide environmental and transportation solutions that are equitable for communities around the nation. And I do that through a company I co-own called Inspire Green. Um, So we are a firm of engineers and urban planners based in Washington, D.C. We do a lot of municipal government contracting, but more importantly, we make sure that community voices are heard at the table for projects that impact them. 
I am an author. I have had the opportunity to participate in anthologies, one with uh, Empower Moments by Kristen Harris, led Ooh. by our fierce, fearless leader, Kristen Harris, Empower Moments for the Everyday Woman. But I also spearheaded an anthology called It's Just High School, the beauty pain, reflections on the beauty pain and pressure of high school life, where I brought a lot of um, younger women together, probably 20s, 30s, maybe a couple 40s, who wrote stories about high school experiences, all to empower other young girls um, as they journey through high school and kind of let them know that that's just a phase in life. But there are so many things you go through in high school, but that's not the end. There's so much life ahead. And I'm a community servant. I've always been active, involved in many activities. And if Kristen told you about Ghana that she told you about Destination Liberation, which is my baby, something I've had in my belly for a long time, but finally birthed it into fruition uh, this year. And I was able to take eight young ladies to Ghana, West Africa at the beginning of October. So I'm just excited to be here and to share more about what makes me a game changer. Yes, I love it. I love it. Well, first of all, you forgot to mention that I am also in that It's Just High School book. You got to tell the people that I contributed my story to that amazing book. And um, all the young ladies who I know who have read that book speak very highly of it. And they talk about how those uh, stories in there are very life changing. I know my story. I just bear my complete naked soul and bones. So if y'all want to get in my business, y'all need to get that. It's just high school book for your teens or even for yourself. You might be dealing with some stuff from high school that you have not reconciled within yourself. And maybe that book can help you work through your issues. All right, Chansey. Well, I brought you on because I want to talk about Destination Liberation. I know that as the founder of the organization, your goal is to expose young girls of color to various cultures throughout the African diaspora. Um, And I think that's such a beautiful initiative. But how did you come up with that idea? That's such a big dream. How did you where did it come from? So that idea came from my first time actually going out of the country. My first trip was when I was 20 years old. I went to Mali, West Africa, and it was my first time visiting the motherland. It was my first time going outside the borders of the United States. And I was just amazed. You know, Africa was nothing like you saw on TV, you know, at at that time back in the in the. early 2000s, late 1900s, all you saw on TV were, you know, flies and kids with big bellies. That's what they made you think that Africa, everybody is hungry. You need to send them your 20 cents a day so they can have a meal. And I saw people who were living life incredibly. We had opportunity to work with other young people um, through an organization I was a part of called 21st Century Youth Leadership Movement. And I knew that when I went there, there were no worries. I felt like growing up, I had so many worries, things I thought about when I'm at home or when I was in college about taking care of family, about bills, about debt, about so many things. And I was incredibly grateful for what we had just because of um, seeing some of the infrastructure that was there. I knew that there is more investment that could have been made or should be made um, in the continent. But then I also saw the beauty of the people and the closeness and the richness of the culture and our tradition. And I felt that connectedness to it. So I wanted to be able to expose other young girls, not just to Africa, but think about the African diaspora so that through the transatlantic slave trade, there were so many different countries that we were brought to. And I want girls to experience how did black people fare in those countries? In some countries, they also dealt with colonial rule. 
after slavery and now they are independent. When you think about Jamaica and you think about Trinidad, you think about um, a lot of other countries in the Caribbean and South America, black people are all over the place. And, you know, we have contributed to, to so many cultures in the development of those countries. I want us to know it's not just about your community. It's not just about, you know, the block you're from, the city you're from. There's so much more out there to the world. And there are so many opportunities globally. Now we're seeing people who have actually picked up and started to move to these countries. And, you know, and they're doing really, really well. And sometimes we can't get out of our narrow thinking our own box about what we think or where we want to go in terms of our life. We say we might want to go to college. We might want to go work at the store in our hometown, but we never think I could go across the world and live and I can still be surrounded in a loving community of black people. So that was my dream. So bringing that to fruition was definitely a journey and something that um I, I had put down, I wrote it down, but put it down for a very long time. And I will say that when I stepped out to do it, the universe just opened up to accept me. Very good. Very good. How how does it feel for you to provide an opportunity for these girls that you didn't have as at that age? You know, I still haven't even felt the full impact of that. Like I still haven't realized it. I still haven't sat with it. I still like I, I've still just been writing notes about like the experience itself. But to know that there are girls who now, when they enter the conversation, when they are in circles, they can contribute to a conversation. They can contribute to a dialogue because they had exposure. Um, they are able to be knowledgeable about a topic or e topic or even want to do further research. You know, it's, it's life changing or they may choose their profession based off an experience that they had. You know, I think that, you know, it's just it, it's such a life changing um, experience. I think that, you know, I was just grateful to be able to be used as a vessel to make that happen. A vessel. Yeah. You know, that's one of my buzzwords. I'm just out here trying to be used as a vessel, as the conduit. Mm -hmm. You know, we're STEM girls. Let me start yes. using some as a conduit, <laughs> as a person who God can flow something through to impact yes. other people. So um, just to hear you say that, I know it has to be a very gratifying experience mm -hmm. to sit back and watch and you you don't even know the impact that what happened in 2019 will have on somebody else's life because I'm sure you can think about experiences that happened in your life way back when 20 years ago that you didn't even understand the weight of that experience then but now you can see how it has impacted your life absolutely um I know that you carried this dream for a really long time. I feel like we've been talking about destination liberation for at least a decade. Uh, what what do you think held you back from pursuing it? I think there were a number of factors. Look, Chrissy, you know, life is just life ain't been no crystal stair, as Langston Hughes say. So I think that sometimes. It seems like when we have a flow of ideas, sometimes they all come at one time, but you can only work on one thing at once and fully execute it. At the same time that I wrote down starting this International Exposure Club, even though I thought about it, the, the time when I actually sat down and wrote it out was the same time that I wrote that I wanted to start a business. And, you know, and I had that dream with other people. And so we decided to start the business. And so year after year, you know, it was like I grinding so hard in the business and start getting married, starting a family. 
this just took the back seat. And it seemed like such a huge endeavor. Like I needed to have all these ducks in a row. Who is going to pay for these people, for these kids to go anywhere? And I'm not actively working with like a group of girls in my hometown because I really started this so that girls from Alabama, where I'm originally from, could go on a trip. But I'm not really connected like I once was like I'm not there every day to work with girls so I'm like who can help me with this so I kind of had a couple false starts but when I just put the, you know the pedal to the metal and said hey I'm gonna jump out the window and I'm gonna build it on uh, build a parachute on the way down the same mm-hmm. thing I did with my business that everything unfolded and I would say probably within a matter of like four to five months from from the time I planned to the time we got on the plane to leave Yeah, it was pretty quick. I remember you said, look, I'm going to Ghana. And I'm like, when? And you said uh, in, in, uh, what was it, October? I'm like, October. Uh, That's like two months away, you know. So it it did happen pretty fast. Um, I I want you to speak to having your ducks in a row because I feel like there are a lot of people who may be sitting on ideas. And and like you said, we feel like we got to have everything lined up. Everything has to be perfect. I know one of the things that I'm always pushing is done is better than perfect. And you can grow as you go because that perfection or that need to have everything completely and perfectly lined up will keep us stifled and stuck. Um, How were you able to push past that? Once you commit to a decision to do something, you just keep you just keep going and you just hope everything falls in place along the way. Look, I'm a country girl. So let me tell y'all something (laughs) I have. If I had to wait for my ducks to be in a row for me to do anything, I wouldn't do anything. anything. Like I would I wouldn't have started a business. I probably wouldn't have finished graduate school. I mean, I just wouldn't have. To, I probably I wouldn't have went to college if I was waiting on ducks to be in a row. My life would not be what it is today if I just didn't step out and do it. I do think that sometimes we can do things out of season, but that's that's different than you're waiting for everything to be perfect before you can start moving. If I told you all the behind the scenes stuff on this that happened just in terms of preparing for this trip, if you know. There were some things that came together at the very last minute, like getting money into the account for us to actually go somewhere. I'm like, now, Lord, you had me put this out here. I know you're not going to embarrass me because, God, we're going to all be embarrassed. you know. So let me say this about Chauncey. Let me interject this. And, and she knows I tell her this offline on the phone all the time. God, she is she she will start stressing about something like how is this all going to come together? And I tell her, girl, God has never ever left you and just the way he seems to work in her life is at the very last minute and it's probably because she's last minute herself she's a procrastinator so god like this is how i'm gonna flow through your life because this is how you operate at the last minute but he has never ever failed her like this girl pulled together a trip that can i disclose the amount yes Okay, so this trip was about $50,000. This girl, she just told you that she planned this in like three to four months. So just to know that um, these girls went on this trip, they didn't have to pay for anything. Destination Liberation paid for their airfare, their lodging, their meals, their passports, their visas, their immunizations. Like all of that was taken care of and God made that provision. And so I want to encourage any of you who are listening that sometimes, you know, God gives us these dreams and they're huge. And you're like, how is this ever going to come? How is this going to come together? But as Chansey said, it's really just about, you know, taking that jump and letting God figure out how to open that parachute on the way down because 
if it's really a God dream, it's going to be beyond your resources. It's going to be beyond what's in your hands right now. But you just got to trust that if God gave it to you, if he gave you the vision, y'all know the saying, he's going to make the provisions, right? So I look, I don't know why Chance even stresses about anything because God always comes through for her every single, I mean, I sit back and be like, God, I mean, can you do that for me the way you do it for Chance? <laughs> <laughs> she must be one of your favorites. Um, What do you think is one piece of game, and I know we've talked about some already, but what do you think is like one particular piece of game that you can say you garnered or over the course of birthing this dream? Not necessarily, you know, just going this year, but just in this process of, like I said, 10 plus years of having this dream and, and actually pushing it out. Is there something you can say you've learned in this process? I think believing in yourself, you have to believe your own hype sometimes. And just believing that I could do it because if I told, there were people who I told who were like, you shouldn't stress about this. Maybe you shouldn't go right now. This isn't the time. Why don't you put it on a back burner? You have had a lot of things going on in your life. But for me, this was the time for me to do it. I, I you know, I suffered some personal um, tragedy this year. Since this guy put me on game, up on game, I know Chrissy would be like, won't you share what happened to you this well, year? Well, you know, because you see my face. I'm <laughs> over here like, uh, so yeah. we're going to talk about it. But I'm not going to push yeah. you to share your truth. But yeah, so, she has suffered tremendous loss this year. So, which is, let me say this. Which is part of the reason that I, as as her friend, as her sister, was so proud to see this come to fruition because so many times we allow the pain and, and the tragedy to keep us stuck. But I look at you and I look at this situation and feel like maybe that was the very thing that pushed you to go even harder. And, and, and it was your catalyst to make it happen. Absolutely. It was so I had a, a baby this year and my baby died the, the, the day after he was born. His name was Adam. And that to me is the most devastating thing that has happened to me. And I've had a whole lot of life's challenges and hiccups and everything else. And I, I have never experienced such a tremendous loss that has had me completely shook. And I still am not over it. But even in the process um, afterwards, I felt like there was something else for me to do. Even there is not a day go by. There is rarely an hour that goes by that I don't think about, you know, my son's birth in like seeing a machine go to zero or experience and holding him. But I think that you're right. Like that was just a catalyst to live out your dreams. Like even though he only lived a day, he still changed my life. You know, there are things about just that whole experience that changed my life. And I think about the time that we do have, like, what am I doing at the time that I do have? Because tomorrow is just not promised for any of us. Like going home after work or whatever you're doing, the next moment is not promised. You know, some of us, like, I want to be 110 and die in my sleep, but we don't know what God's plan is for our life. So I want, let, let God use me up now. Like, what are those things that are buried deep inside me that I can do? And I almost feel like that was just fuel, like that going through that tragedy, it, tragedy, it was fuel for me to just keep going. Hey, do this for these girls. You know, it, 
it was for me. It helped me. But I know that somewhere and I feel like with teenagers, you never can tell. And they say, oh, I just changed my life. And this, that, and they, they say things. But some some of them I even told them it may not be it may be 10 years from now mm-hmm. before you think about the impact that that trip you know, had on, you know, your life, on your understanding of culture and your place in the world. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that with us, Chansey. I know that um, this has been a tough season for you, but you know how, you know what I tell you offline anyway, that, you know, God is really setting you up and preparing you for something. And again, I'm just really proud of you for using that as a catalyst and allowing it to push you and to not just change your life, but like you said, change the lives of so many people around you. I think that that's pretty amazing. I think that's pretty game changing, Chansey. That's why you're on the podcast. (laughs) So I want to switch gears just a bit and talk about the trip to Ghana, your inaugural trip that you took in October. Um, The Winter Circle has heard me mention it here and there, but I haven't really talked much about it because it's been really difficult for me to put the experience into words. And people keep asking me, like, how was Ghana? What I'm like, I, I don't know. Like, don't don't ask me. I don't know. I don't really have any answers. And I haven't even really shared my pictures on social media because I feel like I got to have a story behind it. And I just feel like my words don't do the experience any justice. It's just kind of those one of those you had to be there moments but do you have any words that you can string together about the experience <laughs> yeah I've, I've still been working on stringing my words together like I plan to write about it but or do a video about it but I've just been having a hard time it was actually my second time in Ghana and the first time I went for a conference so I did some tour stuff but I was interacting with um, college students for the National Society of Black Engineers but this time there was tourism and history and there were hands on experiences yeah. that we participated in that it is very difficult to put into words, just being one with your people. And let me talk about that being one with your people. There is this I have so many. So Chrissy can tell you that, like, I'm blackity black with extra scoop of black on top of the black that I think I am. Um, so, so that that's how black I think. That's I am. real black. That's real I'm, black black. A real black. So, and I'm very much into our history, culture, traditions, and I feel like there's a it's, it's an oxymoron. There's a connection and disconnection at the same time. Like I feel so connected to the people. I can see the influences in the food, the fashion, and just how we are. There are some things that are unmistakable, and that's a black woman going to church on a Sunday, you know, and us being dressed to the nines. And there, like the way that the food is prepared, our food is prepared with so much love and you know, so much soul, seasoning. you know, seasoning. We are, <laughs> we are, the, we are the seasoning of the earth. You know, I know some people are the salt of the earth, but we are the we are the Laurie's of the earth, the Tony Chaffees <laughs> of the earth. Um, and so just be able to see that. But I also felt disconnected um, in that I don't know those cultures and traditions. If somebody were to burst out in song, I don't know those things or dance or we went to, we had an opportunity to go to a wedding and seeing how people on the bride side might dress and fabric and just different things. Like we don't know that. That's where the disconnection uh, piece comes in. When we went to the slave 
dungeons that they call castles or forts when we went to these slave dungeons i mean that experience is so harrowing to know that this was the last place that one of your ancestors stood that the only reason you are living today is because someone on that side of the ocean survived this transatlantic slave trade someone survived through slavery through Jim Crow, and they are here today. I mean, and and that made you the person that you are. So when you look back at your ancestral lineage, if you knew how powerful that is and how resourceful people had to be to make something out of the nothing that we were given, uh, you know, the disconnection part comes in. Like when I'm there and I hear the tour guides at the dungeons talk about the experience of those who were enslaved because we weren't born slaves who of those people who were enslaved. Um, I almost felt like it's like they're reading a book, you know, mm-hmm. whereas we feel like this connection, like that was my great, 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 great yeah. grandmama, you know, mm-hmm. who went through that. And we feel like why they do my people mm-hmm. like that is not just a museum for us. I'm not just passing out information. What I'm doing right now is like, standing in awe and honor of these people who came before me, who were captured, who were beat, who were mutilated, who just, who saw their friends, their family tossed overboard and fed to sharks as, as, as bait, as they followed along the ships. That experience is one that you're right. It is very hard to express, to Mm -hmm. talk about, like, Excellence is demanded of us. You know, it's demanded of us. I also see in terms of the experience, the opportunity where some people have decided to move back, you know, to to Africa. It's like Marcus Garvey's dream of uh, is coming true in terms of pan-Africanism, where some people have decided to move back and they are doing really well. You know, they come back and they're like, we're not going to let just China and all these other countries come in here and invest in and continue to rape the countries of its resources. And not only China, because the United States and Europe got they, let me be very clear. <laughs> we all got our, they all got our hands in the cookie jar, um, but have decided that they want to go home and help build wealth mm-hmm. amongst the people who live there. So it, that's that's as much as I probably can say right now. I'm sure if somebody like really pulled these questions out of me, but it's still just so hard to. to yeah, really- it is. It is. It 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 was such an eye opening experience for me. And as you touched on, it's very personal. I think for us who are um, Americans to go back and to to stand on that soil, we just have a different perspective, as you said. Like even I. Now, Chauncey had a little run in with the tour guide at the uh, at the slave dungeon. You know, she had to correct him because um, and and what I what we talked about is that his perspective is a, is a bit different because we're on the other side. We're on the side where, as she said, our ancestors were were stripped from there and they they had to come over here and endure what they went through on this land in, in building this country. And I think that to go back, that just 
it, it just woke up so much stuff in me personally. I'm just like, man, I'm standing, as she said, like this is the place where people were stripped from what they knew as home and, and made to go to some foreign land and to to build to build those lands wherever they ended up, um, but to build those lands and they never came back. And that's why, you know, we stood under that door of no return. But as she said, th there are those people coming back now. And I, I love that we went on the other side of the door and they've erected the sign that says the door of return. And so I think that was one of the things that I really appreciated. And I have been sharing this with people. I felt like everyone there was so welcoming, like they were like, welcome home and stay home. Like, why are you going back? <laughs> why would you do that to yourself? Like, why do you want to live like that? But it was such a rich experience. And I just appreciate you, Chauncey, for uh, creating that environment, creating that experience for those girls, for me and for my daughter. I think that um, God is so pleased with you, girl. He is really pleased. So thank you. I, I speak on behalf of me and Charisma. Um, and I'm pretty sure those other girls and their parents, like you, you provided something, you created something that no one can ever take away from them. So thank you so much for that. I'm sure carrying such a God-sized dream as we talked about and actually pushing it out is no feat. So what do you say to the person listening who's sitting on that God idea and they haven't moved due to fear, procrastination, apprehension, or maybe they feel like their dream is just so far delayed and coming that it's not coming at all. Like, what do you say to them? I will say start moving. You know, there is, we talk about kinetic energy since we are stimulus in here. There's <laughs> kinetic energy and there is potential energy. Potential is all of those things, those dreams you have that are stored up, you know, you have the potential to do something, but kinetic energy is energy in motion. And I think that you have to get all it requires is a push. All it requires is a movement, some forward momentum. And then you have kinetic energy. And I think that energy in motion, once something start move, starts moving, you know, it can continuously move. And so you may not have all of it together. It may not look like what you thought it should look like. You may see banners draping and balloons flying and sparkles and thousands of people lined up to support you. But that's not what it might look like. It might look like one person supporting mm -hmm. you. If you ever think about um, Tyler Perry and his awesome story of how he used to put on plays and nobody was even coming. Nobody. And look at Tyler Perry now. You know, you know so I love the TP story. It is, it is that energy and motion, but he moved regardless of who supported him then. We always talk about people's successes, but rarely do we talk about the failure that's in that. And there sometimes things may not happen like you thought they should, but if it is God given, I tell you to rinse and repeat. Rinse and repeat. Get up, do it again. Get up, do it again. Eventually it'll catch on. But also, let me let me be very clear. I want to give a huge shout out to my rainmaker who was able to raise the funds for this trip. And her name is uh, Latasha Brown. Uh, she, hey, Tasha. Yes, she like like Chrissy is a is a midwife, a spiritual midwife. So get yourself some midwives who can help you to birth that dream out of you, who not only but and who will 
help you when it's time to push and will bring in the towels and all the other resources that you need to birth that dream. I knew that raising money was not my skill set. I didn't have the relationships. I didn't know all of the people. So I called on somebody who I knew had that skill set, who was able to call people to get them to give it because they believed in her and they believed in what this mission was. They believed in the trip itself. And when I got the funding to make it happen, and like I said, we came up on the week of the trip and were like, look, I need, I just need 10 more thousand dollars, you know, to make this happen. But we made it happen. We made it happen. Cause I'm like, God, I am not calling these people telling them we're not going on this trip. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, we're we going to have to get rid of this five-star hotel or something, but we're going to stay in a hostel. But we no, going- no, no. Cause I, yeah. I really loved that hotel. That was a beautiful, that was like the first thing my baby said. She said, Oh, they have hotels like this over here in Africa. Yes. This is why we're going because we need to deprogram you these school this school system over here got you messed up okay like the stuff they're showing you on tv has you messed up but yeah so i'm I'm happy thank you tasha that we were able to stay in that five-star hotel okay because i enjoy my experience at the labadi beach hotel yes i mean it was just amazing and i'm also very careful about you know centering ourselves and like in, in terms of a trip like this we have to be careful sometimes about centering our american and i, I shouldn't even say our american i'm very our u.s experience based mm-hmm. on um we think well other countries i remember us thinking where are the stoplights because it seemed like everybody was just flying through traffic going you know, here there they here were, there they were, it, it didn't yeah. seem that that was the case <laughs> well people were flying everywhere but sometimes our system is not the same system right. that everyone else has. And we have to learn sometimes, sometimes I shouldn't say learn, but what we're exposed to is that people do things differently. Um, and, and that doesn't make it wrong. And, and that doesn't make it wrong because as you can see, people knew how to cross the street. They knew how to get where they were going. We were the ones who needed to adapt. <laughs> we didn't know how to get, we didn't know how to get where we were going. We didn't know what we were doing. So I think whenever you have a dream that's like this, let me get back to your question because I told you I can have like 20 tangents um whenever we have a a dream like this it just seems so big they say how do you eat an elephant first of all you don't eat elephants but if you did it's big (laughs) it's bite by bite so and I think that that's it just cut off very small chunks of it what can you do find outsource what you can't do you know there are some things and I'm not saying that you're outsourcing it because the things I outsource is I, I knew that that's just not my skill set. And if I tried to do it, we would still not have taken that trip. You know, it would be another two or three years down the line. But building relationships, having people to help, there is nothing wrong with having help. I think that one of the things that we saw in Africa was they talked about in Ghana was a lot of unity, um, Mm -hmm. interdependence. We are dependent on each other. We live in a very in if you're in the United States, and I know you have global listeners. I have global shout out. Wait, shout out to Belize. I just saw that Belize joined our listenership. So shout out to my Belizeans who are tuning in to the podcast. Yeah. So if you have um in in the in the US where this capitalistic system, everything is about me. How can I get ahead? How can I make the most money? Whatever. No, but there are communities. Our communal spirit is more of one of interdependency. We mm-hmm. need each other. So find those people who can work with you to help you that you trust to help you um birth your dream. 
Absolutely. And my thing is, if you can do your dream all by yourself, it's probably not a God sized dream. If you don't need help, if you don't need that support system or those midwives, like she said in the room saying, push girl, push, push boy, push your dream probably is not big enough because if it was, you would need a lot of help to help, you know, to bring it to fruition. Oh, before so, you leave that, oh. before you leave that, I want to say, we talk about inter- interdependence. I want to say thank you to you for always believing in destination liberation before I even know what to call it. But also, as she told you, I can be very last minute. Um, but also the person I was working with can also be last minute. So when the person that was supposed to go on a trip with me had to to pull out of the trip a few weeks before the trip, I asked Chrissy, like, do you think you can go to Ghana with me? <laughs> and I think that I'm I'm amazed and I'm just happy that God has her in a position where she can even be flexible enough to pick up and leave the country with her daughter in a matter of weeks. And they got everything. And she came and chaperoned. So if you followed any Destination Liberation post, Facebook, she did all of the social media. See, God gave me somebody to go on a trip with me <laughs> who was good at the social media because I have barely posted three pictures from the trip. You would have had not, there would not have been an experience. So in terms of people being able to share and exchange and see us in real time as we were doing stuff on the trip. So I want to say thank you to you for being an awesome chaperone, social media manager, slash wrangler of the people. Slash your sister friend. Yes, which was that was such an amazing part of the trip too i got to experience it with my daughter and with my best friend so i had an amazing time so yeah it was not a problem let me tell you something if somebody call you and say um i got an all expense paid trip you're gonna make it happen whether it's two weeks or two years okay so we figured it out i went and got all those shots luckily i already had a passport you know i charisma already had her passport we were already in a position God had already started the wheels turning. And, you know, it's so funny. I, I'll share this story really, really quickly. When Chansey called me at the last minute, like two weeks, I think. And I said, well, let me get back to you. Let me check with my husband. So I called her back the next day. I said, oh, per- perfect. I can go. So then I said, well, what about my baby? Because, of course, she's taking teenagers on this trip. And she's like, well, I don't know if we're going to have funding for her. So, you know, the way I my faith set up, I'm like, OK, God. I know you're not going to take me on this trip and you're going to make me leave my teenager at home and I'm going to go with all these other teenagers. And so I began to just put things into motion, filling out the paperwork for her visa, making sure we had everything. And um, I had to overnight everything to Chansey in D.C. so she could go get the visa. And she's like the next day she goes ahead and she sends me a text message and she's like, you know what, just go ahead and send charisma stuff. Girl, charisma stuff is already in the mail to you. I didn't wait on her to tell me that. I just trusted that God was going to work it out. And that's exactly what he did. Okay, so sometimes you just got to make those faith moves, whether they're small, whether they're big, but you got to step out on faith and do some things. What do you think is next for Destination Liberation? There has been such interest uh, in Destination Liberation since we took this trip. I've actually had people in other countries reaching out to me, wanting me to bring the girls there. I won't say where I, where I'll take the girls next. Um, I think I'll release that in January, but is, as you know, this is for girls to go throughout the African diaspora. So for me, that means, uh, not only the continent of Africa, but besides people who live in the United States, I just feel like you can travel a, 
you gotten on a plane right now so you can get there wherever you need to go in the United States and explore that yourself. Um, but we may do that sometimes, but also thinking about the Caribbean, South America, you know, Latin America, just kind of exploring different places along with the continent. I'm not personally interested in taking girls to Europe because I think there are other things out there and now you have your passport you know, you can make that happen, you know, on your own, own. on your own. And later on, my uh, mission is to expose you to other people who look like us, who have had a similar and shared experience um, than us. And I think that one of the things that we'll probably notice that's different or one of the things that I've noticed that's different is when you look at a lot of the places who have won independence from colonialism, they have such a country pride that I don't think we share in the same way here. Like it's very rare that you see black people in the United States taking their flag everywhere that they go to parties, to everywhere, posting we it. We barely want to say the pledge of allegiance. To exactly. The flag. But people who were able to, and this is a whole nother discussion, but people who were able to one go be enslaved in, in slavery, having slavery ended, have their, have a country that was also colonized, and then either win independence or regranted independence, however it happened in their country. That's, a, that's a, another and deeper discussion. They have another sense of pride. You see people from Trinidad, Jamaica, Haiti. They all, well, Haiti fought, you know, they fought with that whole, we, we can talk about uh, that another time to not low mature, but, you know, they have such pride in their flag. That flag is going them wherever they go. And black people here, we don't necessarily have that because we went directly from slavery um, through Reconstruction to Jim Crow. And we still are fighting. We never had the chance for independence and have mm-hmm. our own nation state, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. if you will. So my the, the next time we go somewhere, what I do know is that there will probably be more of a learning process leading up to the trip. So this time we took whoever so whosoever will let him come. And I won't <laughs> say that. We won't do that again, but you'll also have some learning criteria um, before you go on a trip to kind of help set expectations um, and just to help in terms of some, you're getting an all expense paid trip. Like you literally didn't have to pay for a thing except to get yourself to the airport that we were leaving from. And so for me, you know, I want to put some kind of parameters around it just for, for their own uh, knowledge and mm-hmm. learning and just to even think about the future of the program. Absolutely. How can people learn more about Destination Liberation and support the organization? You can go directly to destinationliberation.org. You can also find us on Instagram at Girl That's a Trip. Oh, Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Girl That's a Trip. But if you go to the website, Destination Liberation, you can read about the organization. But there is also uh, a link at the top that says Make a Donation. You can click, click right there. And from the comfort of your mobile phone, make a donation. That's right. Send those coins. It is not cheap to take these girls all around the world expense free on their behalf. So please, no donation is too small. And definitely none is too large. (laughs) None is too large. (laughs) All right, Chansley. Well, before you go, I want to do something that I do with all the game changers who come down to the winner's circle. This is our lightning round. So I ask you three questions. Don't think too hard about it. It's just your knee-jerk reaction, okay? So number one is, what would you say is a favorite scripture of yours that encourages you? You don't have to know the address, but just give us the words if that's all you got. 
knee jerk, wanna, knee jerk. That knee jerk reaction. <laughs> because when people say something like, I'm like, Jesus wept. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, my my knee my jerk reaction, um, in terms of a scripture, this has actually been on my mind for the last couple of days. It's been love your neighbor as yourself and thinking about, and I don't know the address, but I know it's somewhere where red letters are. So it's in the gospel. Um, <laughs> it's probably in Matthew or something. But also when God talks about how can you love, claim to love me, who you have not seen and not love your neighbor who's with you every day. And that might be the King James version mixed with the message version. But basically, that's what he was getting at, you know, in that scripture. And so I just want to encourage us to, to love. And I think that if we root everything that we do in love, we can expel a lot of hate and other things that are going on in the world. Absolutely. You know, God has really been dealing with me on love lately. So um uh, I might look that up and ponder on it a little further. All right. Number two, what is a song that can pull you out of any funky mood? It doesn't have to be, you know, a gospel song, any genre. What can pull you out of a bad mood and instantly just lift your spirits? Cash money taking over for the thousand. Don't. (laughs) Don't, don't, hey, because I mean, that will change anybody's mood when you hear that couple. Man. Okay, number three, I need a number one through two thousand. Seven. Why does everyone choose the single number? And I think you got to choose a different number because I think we've had seven before. So I have this book. Yeah, it's already crossed out. Choose another number. It was one through two thousand. Yes, ma'am. 1,998. Okay. 1,998. That's the year you graduated. Yes. If you wrote an excerpt about the craziest day of your life, would it read as fact or fiction? Fact. It would read as fact. What would be the craziest day of your life? The time we almost died in Spain. Oh, People would think that that's fiction, though. They might not even believe that story. Oh, you mean what? Oh, yeah. They definitely would probably think that's fiction. (laughs) (laughs) I'll have to share that story for another day on the podcast. The day we almost died. We were in Ibiza, Spain. Can you laugh about it now, Chansey? Because Chansey used to couldn't laugh about it. Kind of. Not really, actually. Um. I can laugh about it. I think Tasha, she she mentioned Latasha Brown. I think Tasha can laugh about it. Christy can laugh about it. Chansey still, she's still traumatized. So, but maybe I'll share it on the, the podcast one day. Look, people, we couldn't breathe, okay? We couldn't breathe. And I don't know why they- We made it. Listen, <laughs> that was 10 years ago. Wasn't that in 2010? That was in 2010. We coming yes. up on 10 years. We ought to be able to laugh about it now, Chansey. We made it. We Thank you, Jesus, we survived. <laughs> I'll tell that story. That's another story for another day. Well, listen, Fran, thank you so much for spending some time with me in the winner circle. I know that someone has been tremendously blessed by you sharing your story and just telling all the amazing things that you are up to. I wish you nothing but success and blessings. You already know I'm here to support you and cheer you on along the way. I think you're one of the smartest people I know. I tell her that all the time. Chancey is one of the smartest people I know. Look, she's been spitting game this whole podcast. So I know you probably agree too. Like, who is this girl and why does she know so much? But she's like one of the smartest people I know. So I wish you nothing but success with Destination Liberation and everything else that you put your hands to. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed this. 
Absolutely. Listen, guys, go follow Chance. Go check out Destination Liberation. Support her. Donate. Help her to keep carrying this cross as she is exposing young girls to so much and so many things that they otherwise may not be able to see. So I want you to support her. And in the meantime, you know that you can find me here, same time, same place next week. Kristen R. Harris, and I'm out. Bye. Bye.